0: So this is supposed to be easy. Don't overthink it. Say there's two boxes, and if I if I had just a half a brain, I would have put two boxes there this morning. And picture two boxes, they're big boxes, you know, like three by three. One of those boxes is filled with IOUs. Okay? The other box is filled with thousand dollar bills. Okay? Which box are you gonna take? Now you're taking the box with the money in it i'm taking the money what's what's that what's that show i need a game show host pat i want the i want i'm taking the money right that is not a difficult question wouldn't it be nice if all the decisions that we had to make were that simple were that obvious i'm going to talk this morning about a choice that i hope is that obvious by the time we're finished today So we're continuing in a series through the book of James called Living Faith. Of course, that's a a play on that word because not only do we want to live out our faith, but it is a living and not a dead faith. We want a living faith that makes a difference in our lives. So these instructions of this letter show us how to clearly live out our faith in Jesus. I hope you are being encouraged and strengthened and challenged as we walk through this book. It's a hard book to walk through without... Being challenged by. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It is uh, clear, but it's not always easy, the instructions from this letter. Now, James gives us a lot of you shoulds, right? How many of you parents, you should, you should do that, you shouldn't do this, right? It's easy for us to kind of get caught up in that. And I, I try to, although probably not as well as I should, I try not to just give you the, what the things you should do all the time. Because after a while, we start to feel a little disconnected from that because we feel like we just don't ever measure up. We just we never do all the you shoulds. So this kind of teaching can get a little heavy week after week. There's not a lot of you can's and there's not a lot of you are's. It can be more confrontational than inspirational. But I encourage you today to hang in there because even though we may prefer the more inspirational stuff, we need both of these. We need to hear the you shoulds, and we need to hear the you ares and the you can's." If we listen, the impact of these worlds will last for eternity. So a few weeks ago, I talked about a living and a dead faith, a contrast that James made very clear. Now, in the section of scriptures we're looking at this morning, James contrasts two other opposing forces— to again help us to choose rightly. We're reading from James chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. How many of you have you re- taken the time to read through James? If you haven't yet, I'm going to encourage you to just keep reading through it, although we will be taking a break until after Easter. This will be a last James message because um, we have Crave, and then we have Palm Sunday, and then we have Easter. So it'll be the last James message until after Easter. <clears throat> excuse me, but um, I want to encourage you to keep reading through James if you haven't. There's so much stuff in there, and the more we get that into our hearts, the more we get it into our minds, the more effect it's going to have on us, right? The more we're going to be changed by it. So keep, just keep planting that word in your heart, because it is going to bring up a harvest of righteousness, of peace, of love, of truth, of power. So reading James chapter 3, 13-18. through 18. James writes, Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, he should show his works done in the gentleness that wisdom brings. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfishness in your hearts, do not boast and tell lies against the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, it is earthly, natural, demonic. For where there is jealousy and selfishness, there is disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, accommodating, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and not hypocritical. And the fruit that consists of righteousness is planted in peace among those who make peace. <clears throat> now, in this section of the letter, James is describing the difference between earthly wisdom and heavenly wisdom, between natural and supernatural wisdom now friends in the world we live in today we are consistently faced with choices that are increasingly complicated and stressful how have of you experienced what i'm talking about right now things that we used to be able to rely on are no longer reliable things that used to be standards that we look to have now changed Ideas that provided a foundation for our understanding to build on have been uprooted, demolished, and now we're often left just feeling shaken and unsettled, unsure of how to move forward. The good news is, is that there is a wisdom that comes from God that we can rely on to navigate through these difficult times. But there is also another type of wisdom that will only complicate things and make them worse than they currently are. These passages from James can help us to avoid the bad and find the good. How many of you want to do that this morning? I think that's a worthy investigation of our time. So, um, I, we need you, I, us together. We need wisdom to navigate the challenges for our, ourselves and our families. We need the wisdom of God to navigate the challenges of our church and our community, our schools, our workplaces, and our government the things that they are facing today, we need the wisdom of God. I got to meet with one of our state representatives uh, this week, and that's how she asked said, "How can we pray for you?" She said I need the wisdom of God. we need the wisdom of God. Um, we need to be praying for these folks there's there's good people there and even um, good people that I would disagree with they're just miss uh, They misunderstand the situation. They don't understand what the truth is about it. But there's a lot of good people. We need to pray for all of them, not just the people that vote like us, not just the folks that believe like us. We need to pray for all of them. We need to be praying for our president, our vice president. We need to be praying for our federal government, our state government, our local government. And it is the one thing that she encouraged me is uh, to find some of these Uh, association these local government groups and volunteer to serve on them lie the board for the library the board for the um, local parks find some places that you and i can make a difference in because our presence there can mean the difference between light and dark our presence there can be the difference between a bad um, policy and a good one so we can't just pray for answers sometimes we need to be the answer come on somebody So we need to get wisdom so we can live it and so we can give it away. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 7 through 9. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Let me read that one more time. Getting wisdom is the most important thing you can do. Whatever else you get, get insight. Love wisdom and she will make you great. Embrace her and she will bring you honor. She will be your crowning glory. God says getting wisdom is critical. I believe you do as well, but I want to live well, friends. I want to live well. I want to struggle less, and I want to find the best way forward. How many of you are with me this morning? So let's look at these passages, let's compare the differences, and let's learn how to be finding the peace, sorry, finding the wisdom that we need. Finding the wisdom that we need. So I'm going to take these scriptures a little out of order today. Normally I go through them step by step in the order they come. We're going to change that just a little bit. The first thing we're going to look at this morning is wisdom from below. This is verses 14 through 16. I'm going to read them again. You're going to see the NET. This is the New English Translation. I'm moving this in there uh, sometimes. Um, It's not dissimilar from the Christian Standard Bible that I usually use, um, but I do like that translation. It's online if you want to look at it. Um, I've liked it in a lot of these situations, the New English Translation. That's what I'm reading out of here. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfishness in your hearts, do not boast and tell lies against the truth. Such wisdom does not come from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. For where there is jealousy and selfishness there is disorder and every evil practice. That does not sound good. I don't have a PhD, I don't have a master's degree, but that doesn't sound good. Anybody? Right? James identifies each one of these kinds of wisdom by its internal motivations and by its external outcomes. He looks at the internal motivations of jealousy and selfishness. He says the external outcomes, disorder, and every evil practice. It's pretty much impossible to know what somebody's internal motivations are. Have you ever found that to be true? We think a lot of times we guess why people do what they do. Anybody with me? Um, A very wise man said one time that we judge ourselves by our motives, but we judge others by their actions. And if we do look at their motives, not only do we not know them, but oftentimes we expect or think the worst of them, especially if they did something that we didn't like. We are positive their motive was to hurt us to harm us, to injure us, right? Most of the time, if somebody does something that we don't like, we think their motive was bad. It's our first inclination. One of the first things we can do to one another is to think that we know why somebody is doing what they're doing and why they've done what they've done. Many times that we thought we knew and we found out that we were just simply wrong, sometimes horribly wrong. So I want to look at this verse in a couple different ways. First, we don't have to look very far to find disorder or evil practices in our world. Talking about evidences of wisdom from below at work in the land that we live in. We don't have to look very far to find disorder or evil practices in our our world. The word translated disorder here means a state of disorder Disturbance and confusion. Man, that sounds like the news every night I watch it. That sounds like the stuff I read in my newsfeed every day. A state of disorder, disturbance, and confusion. From my perspective, we live in a time that is marked by, colored by, overwhelmed by disorder, disturbance, and confusion. Now, the word translated into English here as evil can mean worthless or ethically bad. Worthless, or ethically bad. How rare are things around us that people chase after? That people promote, that get a lot of attention, that are worthless, or ethically bad? It seems like it is all the time. How much actual stuff is worthwhile that you see on Facebook? You know what they get me with on Facebook and YouTube? Golly, I hate this. Like I, I these little reels. Have you seen these reels? They last like 30 seconds or something. And in this 30 seconds, this guy like totally rehabs his whole garage. Right? He puts up shelves and there's stuff and there's all this. That's amazing. Right? What is the next guy going to do? Oh, my goodness. He trained his dog to do a back flick and catch a Frisbee and pick up its own poop. It's incredible. 25 minutes later, I'm still, it's, oh, my goodness. What time is it? These reels, man, they're like they're like, they're like crack cocaine for your brain, I think. They're terrible. I've never seen anything like it before. I'm like, oh my, look at that. Oh my goodness, that guy built a whole house with just a framing square. That's incredible, right? That stuff gets me, especially that building stuff, man. I just, oh, dude, I need one of those, right? I'll show it to my wife. She goes, no. So she, she, brings the, uh, she, she, she brings the squirt gun to the party, but I'm kidding, babe, I love you. Um. I had somebody, you did it to me yesterday, so I'm getting you back a little today. So evil, worthless or ethically bad, almost everything we see is worth most of the stuff that's promoted today. We have whole channels um, designated for celebrities. We have social media influencers. They don't do anything. They just have a social media channel. People decided that they're cool enough or that they're attractive enough or that they're funny enough that we're just gonna watch them every day. Worthlessness permeates so much of the stuff, the media that we consume. People arguing about this, they're arguing about that. Friends, we're much better off investing our time in something positive, in something that helps us to move forward. So we see evidence of this wisdom from below over and over, surrounded by it. The evidence suggests that this earthly type of wisdom is so common in the world that we live today. It's permeated by it. And if you wanted to go a little further, ask yourself, how much selfishness and jealousy do we think there is around us? Now, if you had to define jealousy, if I had to define jealousy, uh, how would you do it? I I define it as me first. Or selfishness, I'm sorry. Selfishness is me first. Selfishness, in my mind, is the root of pretty much every sin. It's what I want when I want it. The easiest explanation I know of. And jealousy is, I wish I had what others have. Man, look at that car they got. Oh, I'd like to have that. Look at that house they live in. Oh, man, I'd like to have that house. They got a pool. I want a pool. They only have one dog. I wish I only had one dog. Right? we're just jealous of other stuff that, again, Carter, if you're watching, I love both of the puppies. I'm not getting rid of them. But if we're really being honest with ourselves, I think we would find that all of us are guilty of selfishness and jealousy. All of us are guilty of some degree of wishing that we had what others had their car, their home, their skill, their ability, their looks, their money, their opportunity, something that they have that we wish we had. Now, James warns us here that when these things are present in our hearts, our thoughts, our attitudes, and our habits, we must not try to hide them, excuse them, or justify their presence. We have to confess them. When they are identified, the only right response is repentance. To turn from them and confess them to God. James said, Are you going to, uh, where's the scripture? Do not boast and tell lies against the truth. And in my mind, some of those lies are to refuse its presence in our life. It's to hide from it or to hide it, to refuse to repent of it. Once they're identified, we need to turn from them and confess them to God. Now, our culture celebrates this kind of see what I want, go get what I want. This kind of drive, this kind of ambition, this kind of indulgence. I want this, I'm going to go get it. I want this, I can have it. Nobody can tell me I can't have it, I'm going to have it. Our culture celebrates this kind of, and there is absolutely good ambition. There is absolutely good kinds of drive. But these ambitions, if they are not God-directed or God-motivated, then we are not following the right kind of wisdom. We need people with wisdom and drive. I mean, we need people with drive. We need people with ambition. But if they are directed by themselves, by a natural, by an earthly, or by a demonic wisdom, they're going to cause all kinds of havoc. We see it all over our world today. But if our ambition is driven, motivated, led by God's wisdom, good things will come as a result. This kind of wisdom isn't just bad, though. It's really bad. James 3.15, such wisdom does not come from above. It is earthly and natural and demonic. Now, if you've been in, um, in settings like this for any length of time, you've heard of these three enemies that every believer has, which is the world, the flesh, it's the world system. It's not everybody that's walking out there is your enemy the world system it's the way the world thinks the way the world does business cuz typically the way uh, the world does business is outside of God's control outside of his influence and outside of his love the world system is our enemy the flesh our natural desires our selfishness our passions our desires we want ah you know I want ice cream for breakfast ha ah! right Uh, Obviously, it gets much worse than that, but um, the world, the flesh, and the devil are our three enemies, and they are listed here just slightly different. James says this wisdom is earthly, the world, it's natural, the flesh, and it's demonic, the devil. So this kind of wisdom, it's not just bad, it's really bad. right? It's influenced by the devil on some occasions. We need to make sure that we are not playing around with this wisdom from below. Do we want a natural or a supernatural wisdom? The evidence of natural wisdom is the kind of disorder and chaos that fills our world today. I don't have to go on and on about that. I think we all recognize its presence, its saturation of the world that we live in. But at times, our own lives show that same kind of evidence, fighting, conflict, lack of order. James tells us that if when we see these things in our lives, we need to be honest about them. We need to admit them to ourselves and to God. Hiding from them, trying to explain them away, trying to validate them, friends, is only hurting us and those around us. When we see them crop up, it's, it's, it's part of this brokenheartedness that we need to have. If we want whole living we recognize we live in a broken world. We are so thankful that there's a broken Savior, but we have to have a broken-heartedness about our sin, a thing that says, man, I know, God, I know this is wrong. I know it's offensive to you, and I don't want to live that way. I don't want to be that kind of man. I don't want to be that kind of woman. I don't want to be that kind of person. We have to allow God's desires about those things to overtake our desires about them. And His heart is always broken over sin. He wants ours to be the same. Even though this wisdom may be common, this earthly wisdom, this natural wisdom, even this demonic wisdom may be common, it is not the only choice we have. There is another kind of wisdom that we can have, another kind of wisdom that we can live by. It's the wisdom from above. Now, I hope today that you see that the boxes, of course, and the the box of the IOUs is the boxes full of earthly wisdom, stands for, signifies the earthly wisdom, but the boxes full of $1,000 bills is that box that um, signifies the wisdom from above. I hope that we're seeing that choice very clearly now that we absolutely want that wisdom from above and we're going to do everything we can to avoid that wisdom from below. I hope you're more convinced of that now than you were when we started. Because we need the kind of wisdom that not fosters disorder, but order. That doesn't foster worthless and evil habits, but those that are good and healthy and holy. The good news is that there is another kind of wisdom. One that's not earthly, natural, demonic. There is a wisdom that we can find. There's a wisdom that we can receive. There's a wisdom that we can embrace. And there's a wisdom that we can live. James 3.17 But this wisdom is from above. It's first pure Then peaceable, gentle, accommodating, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and not hypocritical. The wisdom from above can seem like a list of things that we could try but never achieve. We've tried most of it. We tried to be more like this. On this list, how many of you ever tried to be have more mercy? How many of you ever tried? Man, I want to be more peaceful. I want to be a a person of peace. I want to be more gentle. I want to have good fruit in my life. I want to be impartial. I want to get rid of some of the hypocrisy in my life, which we all have some. This wisdom from above can just sound like a list of a lot of things that we could try but never really achieve. We can never really do. Tim, we we, can try this, but I'm not going to be able to live that. When we think of wisdom, we often think of information that we need to learn. Like there's a skill we got to get down. i gotta, I got to get this down. i got to figure this out. I was, I was, we were trying to play another song for you today. Um, and I, I practiced it, and practiced it, and practiced it, practiced it, and I still couldn't get it down. We'll, we'll come up here one of these days. But um, there's some of those skills that you just have to do over and over again. But there is some challenge to this. There is some skill to this. But this is not just rest on us to be able to live in this wisdom. It's not just information that needs to be learned, it's wisdom that more, uh, it's more than just a challenge to learn the right things, it's being able to put those things into practice. We have to be willing to recognize the truth and then be willing to put that truth into practice. Now some of that is going to be our part, but some of that is going to be God's part. It's above our pay grade, We, we can't do it. But he won't do it without us, and we can't do it without him. It's a partnership, right? We can't just sit there and go, okay, God, fix me. God, change me. I'm just praying for God to change me. Well, yeah, he's changing. Are you, are you spending any time in your Bible? Are you spending any time in prayer? Are you spending any time um, with other believers? Are you spending any time that gives God room to do that stuff? No, I'm just praying for God to change me. I'm just waiting. Well, That's good. That's great, but you got to do the other stuff too. It's not all God or all me, it's us working together, right? Um, All of us know more truth than we put into practice. Let me say that again. (laughs) All of us know more truth than we put into practice. Thank you. I was going to have to say that again. Um, None of us like that idea, but it's true. Most of the time, we know what the right thing is, we just don't always do it because we don't feel like it, or we don't want to, or we're tired, or we're mad, or we're discouraged, or we're just feeling lazy. We know what the right thing to do is most of the time. It's not, it's not information that we're lacking. We choose to do what we want or what we feel like, what we think about, or whatever, but wisdom is direction from God and the ability to follow it. Wisdom is direction from God and the ability to follow it. That's why the writer of Proverbs says the most important thing we need to get is wisdom. The kind that comes from God. If we want less disorder in my lives, that's me. If you want less worthless or evil thoughts, habits, or attitudes, that's me. There is another way. We can find the wisdom we need to live the life we were created for. Come on, somebody. Somebody you know, we're created for more than what we've experienced so far. You're, you're created for more glory. You're created for more truth. You're created for more love. You're created for more power than any of us have experienced so far. Now, we may just experience that in heaven, but God is willing for us to experience some of that now. More of it than we have. We can be who it is that God has made us to be. We can find the wisdom we need to live the life we were created for. The life that is the most enjoyable, that brings the greatest benefit and the least amount of pain. How would you like to be known for being pure? How would you like to be... Man, that guy, he, he loves peace. She is just gentle all the time. You know, they don't just get walked over, but they're, they're willing to yield when when the situation rises that they need to. They're full of mercy. They're showing sincerity. They're showing no favoritism. That's the the words from James 3.17 out of the New Living Translation. How would you like that to be your, uh, that's your reputation. That's what we're known for. Pure, peace-loving, gentle at all times, willing to yield to others, full of mercy, showing sincerity and no favoritism. If that's what we want, then we need that wisdom that's from above. So how, friends, do we get it? This brings us back, excuse me, to the very first verse in the section this morning and our last point. Number 3, who among you is wise? James 3:13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility that comes from wisdom. This kind of wisdom begins with a recognition of need. This kind of wisdom begins with a recognition of need. It's born out of a humility that realizes I am not yet who I could be. I am not yet who God has created me to be. Friends, we don't have to waste our time wishing we had some quality that we see in others. Boy, I wish I was more like that. I wish I was more like this. I wish I was more like that. We don't have to waste our time wishing we had some of those qualities. Each one of us is the handiwork of God. Each one of us has been created for good works, for great things in this life and in the life to come. We don't need to wish that we had their stuff or we were more like them or we were more like them. Our goal must be that we have all of the skills, all the abilities, all the opportunities that God has put in front of us. And to take advantage of them, there's people that have different levels of gifting in the Bible. Um, the, they talk about talents, right? There's ten talents, there's five talents, there's one talent, and one maybe it's a uh, five, seven, and three, and one of them I don't remember the. I know they're different in each of the gospel accounts. But um, so for the person who had ten talents, they're going to be expected to use the ten. For the person that had the five talents, God expecting them to use the five. The guy with the one talent just stuck his toe in the ground and said, well, since I didn't have as many talents as them, I didn't do nothing. And what did God do? He reprimanded him. say, man, I'm taking that one that you have and I'm giving it to him because he did something with his. God's not going to judge us based on the 10-talent guy or the 10-talent woman. He's going to judge us on what we did with what we had. What are you doing with what you have? Our goal must be to fully become who God has made us to be. That is where our fulfillment is. That is where our purpose is. That is where our effectiveness is. God's wisdom directs us to that very place. But how, friends, do we get there from here? Back in the first chapter, James 1.5, says, If any of you lacks wisdom... You should ask God who gives generously to all, somebody say all, without finding fault and it will be given to you. So God's not mad at you because all the times you didn't do it, all the times you didn't walk in wisdom. That's that's not the time to come to God. God, I know that you're so disappointed in me and I haven't done the same, but I'm just asking for a little wisdom. Is that okay? Can I have a little wisdom even though I've let you down so many other times? Is that how God sees you? Is that how God responds to you? No, that's not what James says. If anyone lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But I know, Tim, I have asked, and asked, and asked. But friends, faith keeps asking, and it keeps on believing, it keeps on trusting, and it keeps on taking the wisest next step by humbling ourselves by repenting of the earthly wisdom that we've given into somewhere along the way, by recognizing our need, and by asking for more. And then we just rinse and repeat. We humble ourselves, we repent of um, giving ourselves to, participating in um, habits, um, attitudes, thoughts, uh, giving into earthly wisdom. We recognize our need for God's heavenly wisdom, and we ask for more. And then the next day we do the same thing again. I believe the shift comes when we begin to value and commit to God's higher wisdom over the readily available wisdom that can be found on any Facebook post, on just about every newscaster article, in the movies we watch or in the music we listen to. There's all kinds of earthly, all kinds of fleshly, and in some cases, even demonic wisdom in some of these sources. Friends, we got to be careful. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Everything is not okay. I'm not here to tell you what is and what isn't. That's between you and God. But let me just say, everything is not okay. And we need to at least consider, should I be listening to this? Should I be watching this? Should I be reading this? I believe the shift comes when we value God's wisdom, that heavenly wisdom, the wisdom that comes from above, when we value that more than we value all this other stuff that's around us, all this other wisdom that is so easy to pick up. This is a little harder. It's not as clear, it's not as direct, but it's available to everyone who will ask and believe. There's times where we think we might find wisdom in our own fear or hurt or doubt or anger or ignorance, but these will almost never work out the way we want them to. These will almost never work out well. You may luck into something where it doesn't, the trap door doesn't fall out from underneath of you, but operating in our own fear, hurt, doubt, anger, or ignorance will almost always, without exception, cost us. And it will cost us more than we wanted to pay. We can find the wisdom we need to live well. But it comes from heaven and it's available to us today. I'm reading the rest of James chapter 1, 5 through till 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of a sea blown and tossed by the wind, that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So what do we do? How do How do we respond to that? We humble ourselves. We repent of earthly wisdom. We recognize our need and we ask for more. And then what do we do? We do it again. We humble ourselves. We repent of earthly wisdom. We recognize our need and we ask for more. Friends, there is a wisdom from below, and there is a wisdom from above. And James asks us, who among us will be wise? I want to be wise. I want to live well. I don't want to go down the hard road. I want to go down the easy road at God's direction, not the hard road, because I got pig-headed and stubborn and went my own way. I of mean, you're with me. Yeah, Stand with me if you would. Josh, if you're able to help me out back there. I just want us to spend a moment before we leave. Just to be able to focus our hearts. Just to be able to spend some time and say, God, what do you want me to do with what you've said today? What do you want me to do with what you've said to me today? Now, maybe you're listening today and you, you have never really made a commitment to Jesus in a way that has allowed you to see the difference between the wisdom from heaven and the wisdom that surrounds us every day. Maybe you've never seen the difference And the only way that we can see that difference is by allowing God's wisdom to come in us and to change us, to seek God's wisdom in a way that we make room for it, in a way that we make room for it in our minds, in our thoughts, our words, our actions, and in our habits. So if you're listening to me this morning and you would say, Tim, I I need to do that. I've operated in my own wisdom. I've operated in my own thoughts. I've operated in my own emotions. And it has led me no place good. I've bumped into a few good things along the way. But the direction of my life is not the way that I want to live. It's not going in the direction that I want it to go. Because, friends, you're operating in the wrong kind of wisdom. But thank God he offers us wisdom today. So if you need that wisdom this morning, you just need to open yourself up to Jesus in a way that says, God, I I want your wisdom in my life. I repent of using this worldly wisdom to run my life, to think that I understood it, that I knew it better than what your word said, better than what you said. God, forgive me today. Plant your wisdom in my heart and in my life and help me to live for you. That is a simple prayer and it begins a relationship with God. And that relationship with God will change you from this day until the end of your time. It is the very best decision that you can make. For those of us that have already made that decision before, I just want to ask you this morning. How many of you would say, you know, I've made too much room for the wisdom from this world? I've made too much room in my mind, I've made too much room in my thoughts, in my habits. God, I don't want to anymore. I'm asking you to help me, to show me any place where I've leaned into this earthly wisdom that is fleshly, that's natural, that's influenced by the world, the flesh, and the devil. God, I don't want to live my life based on their directions. I don't want to live my life based on their instructions. Their desire for me is is death and bondage and pain. But your desire for me is life, and that life more abundantly. God, I want to follow your wisdom and not theirs. So Jesus, show me every place, every pray, place, Lord, where I have given in to worldly wisdom, where I have given in to my own thoughts, my own desires, my own emotions, and help us, God, to recognize our need, to humble ourselves to ask for more, and then to do it again the next day. Lord, I thank you today for your wisdom that is available to us. Your wisdom that is available to those who ask and to those that believe. God, we believe. We don't understand. We've asked before. God, we're going to keep on asking. We're going to keep on seeking. We're going to keep on knocking until we are known for people that have your wisdom, where its humility and its fruit bears witness in our life. Lord, help us today to do that, I pray. Lord, we thank you for it today. We ask these things in your name and for your glory and by your power. If that's your prayer this morning, somebody shout it, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great Sunday.